Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 78 of the Australian Hiker podcast and week three of my Bimbledon track journey. Currently I'm sitting in Collie uh, having a rest day uh, and catching up on social media and the podcasts. So in this episode we're going to be looking at two things. Uh, we're going to be discussing how I go through my planning processes, uh, decide what I'm going to do on any given day. Uh, and then we're going to go through and listen to um, the the journey over the, the previous eight days that's taken me from Pemberton to Collie. We hope you enjoy. Now, one of the things that I'd had uh, uh, raised over the last couple of weeks is the, uh, the speed at which I'm going through and doing this trip. Um, and I suppose I need to take that back a step to provide a bit of background information to that. Uh, and then talk about the daily planning or the daily thought processes about how I choose what I'm doing and how that can change. So for me, coming from the east coast of Australia, um, this was a long-term planning process. So it's been you know two and a half years in the making. I needed to um, save up leave, so I still work full-time, uh, to uh, allow myself... Uh, at least five to six weeks to go through and do this trip. Now, in doing uh, this trip, I've allowed five weeks with an additional week for any contingencies, for things that go wrong. Uh, now, doing the trip in five weeks will means it will average around about 30 kilometres per day. Some days I will be doing around 40 kilometres, uh, and my shortest day so far has been 13 kilometres. So as I said, it is an average. And I've spent roughly about two and a half years uh, training for this. I know what my limitations are. I know what I am and, and aren't capable of in a day with a pack. Uh, and 30 kilometres for me on a daily basis is a comfortable sort of thing that I can go through and manage. I don't have the luxury, uh, and I have actually talked to people on the track uh, where some of the service providers have said people have dropped food parcels in uh, and they've come back and picked them up a week later saying the weather's not so crash hot, we'll do it when it's a bit, bit uh, drier. And I don't have that luxury. Um, I've got trips planned over the next few years. I can't say, well, it's a bit wet, I won't bother doing it, I'll come back in a few years' time or next year when it's drier and do it then. For me, part of the experience is being in the environment and that's whether it's raining or it's sunny. As much as I'd like to have nice, sunny, clear days for the entire trip, having rain is fine. It's just part of what hiking is. As long as you've got the appropriate layering, the appropriate rain gear, that's not a problem at all. Um, I, uh, so for me, as I said, I have a, a time frame. I started, I have to be back at work on the 24th of September. So that gave me just on six weeks worth of time to go through and do this trip. 
and currently I'm a day ahead of my planned schedule, uh, picking up a, a day uh, over the Norilup Plains. Now, from a daily perspective, I have a series of days planned out um, to get me to uh, um, certain towns at certain times. So I've got a, a 37 day schedule, which is 33 days of hiking and four days of rest. And currently I'm sitting here in my hotel room doing the podcast here in Collie. Now the rest days were arbitrary. I didn't know whether I'd need them or not, but I'm certainly glad that I've had them. It allows my chance for my legs just to have a bit of a rest, for the skin on my feet to harden up. Uh, and it's just, um, this been quite nice just to have that bit of a break. And it also gives me an opportunity to catch up on food, catch up on social media and to release the podcasts. Now, from a daily perspective, though, I have these um, schedules set out, but it really is more a guide than anything else. As long as they're not totally throwing the whole thing out the window, it gives me an indication of what I need to be doing. And I'll give you a good indication of that. So day one, there for leaving from Albany, there was the diversion around Sandpatch, uh, which was one of the, the, sh the sites that burnt down. I wouldn't have stayed there anyway. I was always planning on staying at Muttonbird. But I got to Muttonbird at around about 1.30 in the afternoon. Um, and that meant you know, I still had four and a half hours of light left. And um, I thought, um, the thing that concerned me at that time was Torby Inlet. Um, I wasn't too sure how good the crossing was going to be. There was big storms along the coast. And that afternoon on the first day was the lowest forecast tide for a one month period. So what I decided to do was to keep on going. Um, I found that worst case, best case, I'd be able to cross it, which is what I did do. Worst case, I'd get there, decide on a really low tide, it was dangerous and I wasn't gonna do it, and I was gonna do the diversion, and I'd already be part way to starting that diversion. Um, so the first day ended up being roughly around about 38 kilometers, uh, which wasn't something that was planned, but something I decided to do. And this is a typical sort of thing for me and for others that I've gone through and talked to, that, um, um, for many people, they'll get into camp at a sort of one, two o'clock, and it's like, well, do I want to stop here or do I want to keep on going? Uh, and in most cases, I'll keep on going and do what they class as double hutting, so I move on to the next hut. Closer to Albany, closer to Perth, that's much easier when the huts are much closer together, but certainly through the last section from Pemberton through to Collie, where the shelters are spread 20 kilometres apart, that's not always possible. Uh, it just means that I'd be doing 40 kilometre days every day. And while I'm happy to do that occasionally, I don't necessarily want to do that every day. And that's going to be a decision that I'll need to make going from Collie to Dwelling Up. I've allowed myself four days um, uh, to do roughly about 110 kilometres. So it will mean that I'll probably have two days at 40 kilometres and then probably two days at 20 kilometers as, a, as a, a rough guide, staying at the shelters. Um, I may decide that, look, I'm re doing really well and I'll just do three days of 40 kilometers. I don't think that's likely though. 
So uh, I don't think I'm likely to pick up any time between here and dwelling up. So a typical day for me will start if I am planning on doing a, a 35 to 40 kilometer day, I like to actually leave camp at uh, seven o'clock in the morning. If I'm doing up to around about 30 kilometers, leaving sort of 7.30 uh, is fine. So I'll get up around about um, uh, 5.30 in the morning, I'll wake up, I'll have a cup of tea, have my breakfast, and then start packing up and getting ready to move. Uh, sometimes I dawdle a bit, uh, sometimes I can move fairly quickly. It really depends on whether there's other people there or not that I'm likely to disturb. So I'll leave camp in the morning uh, and then head on to where I'm going. Now for the first hour to two hours, I'm not moving at my fastest. I just I tend to still be thinking about things and, um, uh, and still going into uh, uh, my own mind about what I'm doing. Uh, so I find I'll have morning tea two hours after I start and I'll do that while I'm, I'm moving typically. Uh, and then I'll go through and um, push on at usually at a faster pace. So between around about 10 in the morning and probably around about 2 in the afternoon is probably when I'm moving my fastest. At around about 12 o'clock, I'll usually start looking for somewhere to have lunch. And this is based on um, finding a decent log at the side of the trail, it's got a view or it's not, you know, it's got a bit of good right amount of sunlight. Uh, and I'll typically sit there, depending on what I'm doing, for half an hour, uh, sometimes an hour, but usually half an hour is fine. I'll occasionally have lunch at a hut. So if I know that I'm going to get to a hut around about 12, 1 o'clock, I'll wait till I'm at the hut and then have lunch uh, and then move on from there. But I don't spend a lot of time. Now, one of the things in, in episode 67, we discussed hike your own hike, and I've had people indicate that I should be moving slower and taking more time to enjoy myself. And that really depends on someone else's idea of what a hike is. My idea of a hike is to challenge myself physically. Um, when I'm hiking by myself, I go into my own mind and think about all sorts of things. Um, I love being in nature, uh, so as a result, I don't listen to podcasts or music when I'm hiking, even though I produce a podcast. I just like being in nature itself. Um, if I see something really amazing, some amazing ocean view or some really amazing trees, I don't need to stand there and, or sit there and stare at it for half an hour to take it in. Um, for me, the experience is about being in the moment, not forcing it and saying, I've got to stay here for a certain amount of time. So I like to, I will spend as much time as I want to looking at something or as little time as I want to. So um, I don't hold with the view that there's only one way to hike. It really is what suits you as an individual. If you're physically happy with it, if you're taking it in, if you're enjoying the experience, that's all that really matters. Um, and again, one, one person's idea of a hike uh, as opposed to another is going to be different and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I've passed people, uh, including Kyle, who you'll hear later on in this episode, 
he's doing one hut at a time. He left uh, probably about three weeks before I did from uh, Albany, and he's taking things much slower. And that's what he wants to do. That's fine. He's enjoying it. He's got the time. Um, I don't. I do have a time frame to work with. Uh, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Uh, and um, as I said, it's, it's my idea of a hike, and that's all that really matters. Okay, so after lunch, I'll keep on hiking. Um, and usually I'll try and get to camp at a roughly around about 3 to 4.30-ish. Uh, and that allows me to set up my bedding in, in light, get my uh, stove set up and get dinner ready to make. And I'll have dinner anywhere from around about 4.30 onwards, which means that by the time I've cooked, prepared and eaten dinner, it's usually 5.30. I've packed it away, cleaned everything up, ready to go for breakfast the next day. Um, it also means that on some of the huts where they have problems with rodents, I've put a, everything's been cleaned, the food's been put away and it's been hung out of the, the way of the, the, the rodents. And it's not unusual to actually be in, uh, in bed by 6, 6.30, um, uh, yeah, you know, just on dark, which makes for a very long night. My longest day so far was um, from belling up to um, just outside of, um, uh, of uh, belling up, and that was a 44-kilometer uh, trip. Uh, I just kept on pushing past Grimwade, uh, and decided I was going to do the two huts in one go. Uh, and that would actually give me a longer um, um, time in Collie rather than getting into Collie late in the afternoon. So in that instance, I was actually night hiking for around about 35, 40 minutes. Uh, and I actually quite enjoyed that. Even though it was raining and the moon wasn't out, um, the woggles on the tree were really easy to see in the, in the, the light of the head torch. Um, in fact, much easier to see than they were during the daytime. So that, for me, is a pretty typical sort of day. Now, as I said, I've got that, that day when I did 44 kilometres, it wasn't planned. I'd actually planned to do just a single hut, uh, Grimwade, uh, and then do the longer day into Collie. But I actually decided as I was leaving town that I would, do, I would reverse it to allow me more time in town. So really it's one of those sort of things that having a plan is definitely the way to go, just so you know where you're going to be and when, uh, but also having enough flexibility to change that plan. If you're having a bad day, you slow down. If you're having a really good day, you can do longer distances or speed up. Uh, and again, that's, that's really what, what hiking is about, is, is doing what suits. When you're hiking as a couple or as a group, you've then got the, the, the bigger the group, the slower the group tends to move because it's pretty rare that you'll get a group of people that hike at exactly the same style. So this is one of the things I love about solo hiking. Um, I like being with Jill and hiking with Jill when I can. Um, but in talking to Jill, she said that she couldn't have maintained that 30 kilometer a day average. Um, and so for me, this was always going to be a solo hike. Um, so that's a typical day uh, and a decision-making process as I go through. Um, and I suppose the only other thing I'd add here is the weather. Um, 
sometimes that 44 kilometre day, the weather was going to be bad. And I thought, look, I may as well just get the big distance out of the way uh, and then have the good weather for the next couple of days rather than sort of stopping and staying inside a hut when it's raining. Um, uh, I'd rather have to be able to slow down and take my time when the weather was decent. Okay, I hope that's given you an overview of, of my planning process for a typical day on the trail. Um, and in this next section that's about to come up, you'll hear my trip from Pemberton through to Collie, which was the longest. It's roughly, roughly around about 240, 250 kilometres of the whole trip. Good morning. It's 7.40 on Friday the 24th of August. Um, I'm just in my hotel room having packed up, cleaned up and ready to go. Been procrastinating a bit after being off the grid for sort of five to six days. Uh, everything happens in the world and you just try and play catch up with the news and to see what's happening. Um, I had actually planned on doing around about a 24 kilometre day today, uh, reaching the first hut and then tenting tomorrow night. But I think realistically what I'm likely to do is probably try and do 30, 33 kilometres um, and then another 30 again tomorrow and, and hut it tomorrow night or shelter it tomorrow night. Most of the shelters, as I was the last section, are around about 20 kilometres apart, which does make it a bit hard to double hut or double shelter it in one day. So um, I will actually have periods where I'll be in tent or I'll be at the shelter and I'll try and even out the days as far as possible. Now that's going to depend on the terrain and how I feel. Usually the first day out of a out of a rest day I'm feeling reasonably good so it's better off if I do the bigger day today uh, and do a even number and keep it around about the 30 kilometre mark. I've got basically um, it's about eight days to get to Collie uh, is what I've allowed uh, and that will give me um, comfortably averaging 30 kilometres a day will get me there. Um, but again, it, it really does depend on the train and, and, no, and no two 30-kilometre day, uh, days are exactly the same. So while I'm feeling good, while I'm feeling happy, I'll just keep on pushing and doing bigger mileage, um, staying in huts where I can, tenting where I can, and it really depends on the weather. I have actually planned on doing some mo uh, moonlight or night walking in the mornings. And that's really over uh, in the next few days I'll do that. But it does depend on the weather conditions. If it's cloudy and overcast or raining, not really going to happen. But I've prepared for it and geared for it if, uh, if, if I can get away with it. Okay, back on the trail again. It's 10 past 12. I just stopped for lunch. I just picked a nice uh, semi-shade or semi-sun, depending on what you want to call it, spot. Just on the track. Uh, I've been travelling for about four and a half hours and I've done 17 kilometres, so I'm moving at a pretty good pace. The track out of Pemberton is actually pretty good, apart from you know, the, the first 100 metres uh, just before the, the Freshwater Research Station. The rest of it looks like it's almost a vehicle track that's, uh, that's maintained on a reasonably regular basis. So it's nice and wide. Uh, there is a lot of blow-down trees in the area, some, some areas worse than others. Um, at around about 11 o'clock, that's when I sort of started getting the blowdowns. Before that, it was pretty clear. As a result, I've, um, as I said, I'm moving reasonably quickly. 
I've actually got a new pair of inserts in my shoes. I normally change them over around about every three to 350 k's. Uh, this time it was 400 kilometers and that was definitely too long. Uh, I was feeling my, my, my feet were getting fairly sore at the end of each day and they shouldn't have been. Haven't come across anyone as yet. Um, I, maybe this means that I'm not going to see anyone before the next shelter, which is in around about five kilometers. Uh, six, six kilometres, but I may uh, may find that um, uh, I'll pick up someone after that if they're coming from the next shelter on. As I said, because the shelters are spaced around about 20 kilometres apart, I'm not going to reach the second shelter tonight, um, but I'll get to the first shelter uh, realistically. Uh, by the time I have lunch and get there, it'll probably be about 1.30, um, and I'll just keep on going until probably around about 5 uh, as far as I can, with the intent of um, doing um, this, uh, the two days worth of 63 kilometres in total uh, to take me to the shelter tomorrow night, so tent tonight. Okay, um, the uh, the forest is pretty impressive, trees are pretty good. It's a much drier forest than what I've been used to over the last few weeks, and, and ignoring the rain, but it's just a, a much drier sort of uh, vegetation uh, which is quite nice and it's um, you know, the sun's out uh, it's not overly hot so it's quite a pleasant day for walking talk to you later it's around about 10 to 2 I've just gone through and arrived at the first hut out of Pemberton which is Beetle Up um, I was originally planning on staying here and then camping tomorrow night somewhere uh, and doing the longer day tomorrow. But given that it's only um, only just before two o'clock, I've still got about another three hours worth of travel. So I'll do the longer day today uh, and stay at the next campsite tomorrow night, which I believe is Beavis from memory. Um, this is quite a nice little hut. It's uh, one of, not one of the early huts that was built in 97. It was one of the ones in 98. So it's got the L-shaped um, raised floor. Um, open one side, uh, uh, two solid back walls um, and two small wing walls on the other walls uh, and on one of the right hand side on the wing wall is just a little window so it depends on whether you want to get protected from the weather or get a bit more sunlight it gives you a choice same as the other style of huts built at this time uh, bench uh, and table inside and another one outside and there's a little bench overlooking the river uh, which it's quite a nice little uh, little area so uh, well worth staying at good morning it's just after 5 30 on the 25th of august and i'm lying here in my tent uh, just getting ready to get myself organized have breakfast and start moving for the day so excuse the, the sleeping bag noises as i just go just get myself a bit warmer it's actually a bit cool tonight. Uh, I'm not cold, but it's certainly one of the cooler nights. I don't know what it is. Almost without fail, every time I decide to put my tent up, I will pass so many really wonderful tent sites in the afternoon when I don't need them. And then in the, uh, the hour before uh, dark, which is when I'm looking to put my tent up, I really struggle to find what I consider to be a good tent site. Uh, it's almost a bit of Murphy's Law here that you know it's uh, when you don't need them they're all over the place. So I did find a tent site last night at around about um, uh, just on 5.30 uh, 
which was quite good. It was off the track. Uh, it was flat area. It was an area where they'd gone through and um, uh, pushed some excess dirt off when they were creating the track. So it's a nice flat sort of area, raised, uh, a bit of leaf litter underneath to keep it fairly soft and keep the tent protected. Um, so um, not the best as far as phone signal or, or satellite signal. Um, although I did have a satellite signal this time once I was outside the tent, but as soon as I moved inside I lost it. Um, went to bed around about 5.30 last night, so it's been a fairly long night. Um, I had to get up a few times to go to the bathroom through the night, but at least this time it wasn't raining. So I managed to go around about just a bit over 10 kilometres past um, Beetle Up campsite yesterday, which gave me a, a travelling distance yesterday of approximately about 32, 33 kilometres. So I'm halfway towards Beavis campsite. I've got about around about 9 odd kilometres to go there, and then I'll press on towards Boarding House campsite, which will give me about around about 28, 29 kilometres for the day. Um, so I'm one and a half hutting it at the moment, and given that the campsites are spread about uh, 20 kilometres apart, that's probably about the best I can do. There are actually a couple of um, uh, private businesses that offer accommodation along the trail, um, some chalets, some resorts and things like that, which I could take advantage of. And uh, Depending on how I'm feeling, I'll see how I go. But um, in most cases it sort of requires you to go off track a bit and it's like well I might as well just keep on going. Um, this this for me is certainly the longest stretch I think. Um, I think I've got about eight days worth of food. I do have a couple of town stops for lunch and things like that in some of the places like Donnelly River and I think Ballingup is another one. Um, but otherwise I was carrying a fair not a not a huge weight. I think I was carrying probably just on just under 19 kilos yesterday, with including all my food and the additional water which I needed for last night. So my pack started to get lighter from here on, and as I sort of come into Collie, it'll be uh, it'll be you know, lighter by about uh, six or seven kilos uh, by the time I actually get into Collie. Um, good day yesterday. Uh, the sun was uh, out without being hot. It was just nice and warm. Um, the first half of the track, uh, particularly uh, leading up until beating up, uh, beetle up, was just spectacular. It looks like someone had gone through and put a, a um, front end loader or a slasher through, and it was a nice wide trail, almost vehicle width, uh, and I think it probably was vehicle width, uh, that was fairly clear. It was only the, the, two, the last two hours into beetle up where I started to get a bit of tree fall. Um, and then from Beetle Up uh, onwards, there's been a few of the, the cowrie trees that are actually falling directly down the track. And from what I've been told by some hikers I came across yesterday, there is a very large uh, cowrie tree between um, uh, Beavis and Boarding House, which has fallen directly in the track, and it takes a little while to get around. Um, you know, so far when the trees have fallen they've fallen across the track and it's you know it's been a bit of climbing but otherwise it's uh, it's been reasonably quick to get over um, forecast over the next couple of days is for some very small chances of rain so nothing serious which is good um, and as I'm going to be tenting it virtually every second night between here and uh, uh, Collie, uh, that's a, a bit of appreciated. 
So, all right, time to have breakfast, get up and get moving. Good morning. It's Saturday the 25th of August. It's on 10 o'clock. Uh, I'm here at Beavis campsite. Uh, I've just done the 8.7 kilometres from my overnight tent site. Uh, it's taken me roughly around about 2 hours and 40 minutes to get here, so I'm moving at a reasonable pace. I met three people yesterday, um, uh, one at um, Beetle Up campsite and two on the way there who were staying here at Beavis the night before. And they tell me between Beavis and Boarding House there's a large large cowrie tree that's come down right in the middle of the uh, the pathway, um, which took a while to get around. And it's I find it's quite interesting, uh, people's perceptions of things, because I came across a number of cowrie trees this morning that were in the middle of the path. So it's going to be interesting to see what, if any, different this particular tree is between now and the next site. I mean, I know it can slow things down, um, you know, and if it takes me 20 minutes, half an hour to get around, it takes me 20 minutes, half, half an hour to get around. I've got, I've got plenty of time. Given my current travelling pace of just a bit over 4.2 kilometres an hour, uh, really five hours to um, a boarding house is probably about right, which will get me there at three-ish. Uh, stop for break. Uh, stop a, a, a break for lunch, sorry, um, uh, 3.30 uh, and any difficulties for 4.30 sort of thing. So um, it's not a, a difficult day day to day, it's a, a shorter day than yesterday. The track's been pretty good this morning, had a few trees to go up and around, um, but otherwise pretty good and feeling pretty good too. I'm just uh, motoring on quite a good pace and feeling comfortable about it. Beavis is uh, quite a nice little campsite. Um, you know, we have had rain over the last week, so it's a bit damp on the ground. Um, it's pretty much cloud cover all over at the moment, although there's not much rain forecast, but there's only a tiny bit of blue sky. And this would be a really nice campsite with a bit of sunlight coming through the big surrounding trees. Um, you know, there's a couple of big trees just right outside the hut itself. Uh, the hut is pretty much a standard uh, 98 hut uh, with the L-shaped raised platform, uh, bench uh, table inside and one just outside. But probably within about 10 metres there's this nice little, there's a little bridge uh, and a nice little um, dam uh, which I'm sure you could probably go swimming in, in if the weather was good enough. So I think it would be quite a nice little, little uh, uh, site to stay at uh, given um, you know, a bit of sunlight and a bit of warmth. Um, looking through in the logbook at, at Beavis and, and also at Beetle Up yesterday, um, I know there are people who don't fill out the books, um, but apparently um, I, I, there doesn't seem to be many people that are unlikely to come across that are heading northbound. They're either well and truly ahead of me, or if they're coming behind me, I won't know until they catch up. Uh, most people seem to take about 50 days to finish this trip, so I'm moving faster than most that are on the track at the moment. Um, but I'm expecting, given that I came across three people yesterday, really didn't get a chance to sort of stop and interview them. It's a bit hard when you're in the middle of the trail to say, look, can I, do you mind if I, I interview you and pull, the, pull my recorder out? I need to develop a better rapport before I can do that. So it's more about meeting people at night time in the, in the shelters. So it'll be interesting to see if there's anyone in Boarding House. I don't think I'll, I'll, anyone will overtake me today coming from, from the south, but I may pick up people coming from the other direction. I'll see how I go. Talk to you later.
It's 5.40 on Saturday the 25th. I'm here at Boarding House Campsite. Uh, I've had dinner already, uh, had a wander around and got set up ready to go for the night. This hut or this shelter is um, an older version than I've seen before and looking at the plaque up here it's 1996 so it's one of the earlier ones. Uh, and again it's got bunk beds like Schaefer's uh, and the others in that, that vicinity. But rather than having the bottom platform going all the way across, it stops uh, on either side. Uh, and the table is between the, um, in the bark area in the middle. So potentially, if you had uh, people being cosy-ish, you'd get three, six on each side, so 12 potentially. Um, you could actually sleep someone on the table if you really wanted to, as long as you didn't move that much. Um, and certainly you could sleep on the bark on the floor. But you can see the, um, the development of the huts uh, from 96 to 97 to 98 and then on to um, the replacement with the new rammed earth uh, huts which are now, uh, now all being replaced with uh, when they burn down or as they become, uh, come to, into disrepair. Quite a nice area. Um, again, it's sort of uh, the sky's actually quite clear at the moment, although it's only 20 minutes or so off uh, sunset. Um, and it's you're looking out of the hut onto another table just out the front with a fire pit, um, and you've got a lot of treed areas, and you can't really see too much truth through the treed areas. But you go for a little walk down a short path, and you're at, at a river. Uh, and it's not a particularly fast moving river, so you could actually go through and dip your feet at least. This uh, hut is around about 200 metres off the trail, so the turn off point where I go to tomorrow, I've got to go back down the way I came uh, and then uh, across the, uh, the river, on, I'm guessing on a bridge, I haven't seen how that goes yet, um, uh, and then continue on from here. So I got here around about, um, uh, well, it would have been probably quarter past, twenty past four. Um, this was another one of these huts where you had a long lead in uh, on management road to the hut, and then you hit a a metal gate um, that allows people to get through to to do any repairs or work on the hut. But otherwise, walkers have to walk about a kilometre or so to get the hut to get to the shelter itself. Water tank at the side of the hut. Um, again, I think it's probably hasn't got hasn't got a, a, a it's got a nice feel about it. I think, um, and I think it, you know on a sunny day, particularly when it was warm, it'd be quite a nice area. Um, I'm surprised that I haven't seen anybody looking through the book. There is somebody I'm following and I'm catching up very slowly, but whereas I I, I'm taking rest days, it looks like this guy isn't, uh, even though I believe he is only, only single hutting it. So I may eventually catch up to him in about a week or so. Um, haven't seen anybody coming from the north today. Um, I saw um, uh, three people yesterday. Uh, I came across a family fishing on one of the bridges. And I must admit, they seem like a typical, average, everyday family, but they just had a bit too much interest on in me being walking alone, and that sort of raised my hackles a bit. And I'm thinking, ah. Uh. And again, it's probably just more, more being overcautious than anything else. Um, but it's nice to know that people don't really know where you are, particularly when you are travelling alone and you're in the middle of nowhere.
I'm sure it's probably an unnecessary feeling, but it's just something that sort of just cropped up. Um, Tomorrow, uh, the plan is again to average about 30 kilometres, so I'll be going past the next shelter. And in all honesty, I can't remember what the name of it is. I haven't looked at that yet. I'll do that after I've done this uh, recording. Um, so the next shelter is around about 19, just a bit over 19 kilometres, and I'll run another or, or walk another 10 to 11 kilometres past that to get my 30 kilometres up. Um, but I'll look at whether the, the hut after that is. I think from memory it's around about 40 kilometres from here, the second hut. So um, uh, it may be that I skip that hut as well. If the cuts are only 20, 20 kilometres apart, I'm going to be tenting tomorrow night, uh, tenting the night after, potentially, if unless I can reach that, that final hut. All things being given equal on Monday, uh, or possi- very, very possibly Sunday, I'll reach the halfway mark of 500 or 503 kilometres, depending on what, it, what, what they're actually calling it. I know there is a sign saying, Kalamunda this way, Albany this way, and the kilometre uh, uh, distances are the same. So I expect to come across that. Probably not tomorrow. I might might just get it, uh, but I think it's probably going to be the uh, the day after. Uh, went well today. Uh, happy, you know, nice environment, and the sun's sun's out. I haven't had rain for a few days, which is quite nice. Um, I think there's a chance of rain tomorrow, but we'll see how we go. Talk to you later. Good morning. It's 6.15 on Sunday the 26th of August. I'm here at Boarding House uh, Campsite. Um, still in my sleeping bag, just sitting on my sleeping mat. Um, and I've got the uh, water boiling from my cup of tea. Um, slightly later start for me. Normally I'm sort of up and well and truly moving by now. They're getting packed, but... Um, um, it's been a bit of a cooler night and I think this is one of the disadvantages of camping close by the river um, I mean as I'm talking at the moment I can see my, my breath condensing in front of me uh, and while the sun is starting to come up it's starting to get lighter um, you can, there's this mist down towards the river uh, so that just makes for a cooler night I was quite comfortable in my sleeping bag but certainly I noticed that when I had to get up and go f- go to the bathroom during the middle of the night. Um, it's um, been uh, a good sleep overall after I got over the original apprehension about people asking about where I'm staying and when I'm going to be there. Um, eventually got into quite a good sleep. I was also a bit worried that um, at this hut there's no food box, which I took to mean, mean that there was no rodent issue, but certainly I could hear them during the night time but they're obviously uh, uh, still a bit apprehensive about coming around people so uh, didn't have any issues as far as I can tell with um, them trying to get into my food um, but overall pretty good sleep pretty good night um, and um, looking forward to, to heading off today according to my map I do actually reach the halfway mark um, of um, the trip today in around about another seven or eight kilometers um, I'm using the Guthook app uh, as far as my main navigation source, and I am carrying maps just in case. But the trail is pretty easily marked and, and, and easy to find. 
Um, but it's it's interesting. I'm um, and apart from using this app, which is telling me how many kilometres to go from a particular site to site, I'm finding it really good. Um, I think I'm also finding that I'm using the Garmin inReach uh, just to log what I'm doing. Uh, but because I've got it set on its lowest setting to conserve battery power, uh, every time I turn it on, it says warning: this is not going to be as accurate as it could be, which is which is understandable. Um, so I think the kilometres that are being read on that uh, aren't as many as I'm actually doing. Um, the tonight I'll be camping again, uh, 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 probably around about ten kilometres past the next campsite, um, uh, with the plan of camping at the Tom Road campsite tomorrow night, which is fifty-eight kilometres away from here. So that'll give me roughly um, uh, about a 29, just 29 to 30 kilometre day each day, today and tomorrow. But if I can, I'd like to do 30 plus today just to make for a slightly shorter day tomorrow uh, getting into uh, the campsite. Going well at the moment. Um, I will get into Collie on the day that I'd planned. I'd allowed about eight days to get to Collie to do the 236 kilometres approximately. Uh, that's at around about 30 kilometres a day. Um, I'm not likely to make up any days on this trip unless I start doing 40 plus kilometre days and I don't think that'll happen given the terrain. Um, but um, yeah, it, it still puts me a day ahead for the whole trip but I'm not likely to make up any days on this one. It's uh, My, my planning has been reasonably accurate. I probably am at the moment, I'm probably about seven or eight kilometres ahead, but I'm not going to be able to do do that uh, on a daily basis to make up any time, I don't think. Okay, breakfast time. I'll talk to you later. It's Sunday the 26th of August. Um, I'm here at uh, the next campsite along the trail. And I just have no memory for these these campsites as Tom Road campsite. Um, and I've, it's around about, what is it, 2 o'clock. So I've done about 22 kilometres today since 7 o'clock this morning. Uh, and my plan is to keep on going until roughly around about 5 o'clock before I start looking for a campsite. Uh, and that'll get me roughly within about... Seven eight kilometers of Donnelly River for tomorrow morning. So I'll stop in there either for a, a morning tea or a lunch, depending on what time I decide it is and what time I get there. I believe the pies are pretty good. Trip today was reasonably good. Uh, a bit tired today. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's just uh, starting to to wear on me a bit. My body's holding up well, but some days I feel really energetic and other days I don't. Uh, this is one of these days where I'm not so energetic today, but I am I'm getting through the kilometres. One of the letdowns this morning was um, the I came across the halfway marker for the trip, and instead of being a post with Kalamunda in one direction and Albany in the other direction with equal kilometres, it was just a post. The signs had disappeared. Um, not quite sure why. Uh, but the brackets that hold the signs look look like they were bent, so I'm guessing it's possibly been vandalised rather than just maintenance or repair. Um, that's all right. It was a bit, it was a bit of a letdown though. I was sort of thinking, oh, yep, this will be really good. But it is having said that, having gone past that point, that I'm now now on the 
the downhill run to finish the trip off. Came across two hikers who stayed at this campsite last night. They're doing um, this to campsite at the time. Uh, one who was doing an end-to-end and he had a friend with him who was just doing four days with him um, just, uh, just through to Pemberton. Um, so um, I seem to be seeing people about every two days. I'm playing catch-up with a, uh, a hiker called Kyle. Um, and given that I've been told he's doing uh, uh, one campsite at a time, it's more than likely that I'll catch up with him in the next few days. However, having said that, um, it's always possible that I'll, I'll miss miss him in town or miss hikers in town, depending on where they stay and where I stay and what time they actually get in. Um, the uh, One of the things with these campsites, they do actually have tracks and trails logbooks. Um, so just having a look at um, the, the one for this site. Um, we have um, Kyle who left here on the 24th, uh, which was two days ago. So um, I will, looks like I'll catch up with him probably in a few, in about three or four days. Um, uh, it may even be in, um, in um, a collie. But again, as I said, I may, may miss him totally altogether depending on where he's staying. Um, just having a bit of a tiny break. I've just topped up with water um, because I'm camping tonight. Uh, so make sure I've got enough water to keep me going. But as I said, it's only going to last me really tonight and uh, until I get into Donnelly River. And then I can always top up there if I need to. And I will go past another campsite again tomorrow uh, before I reach my final destination tomorrow night. So at the moment I'm sort of doing about one and a half uh, camps per day at 30 kilometres. This site, like the last two, is very similar in that it's on a river and you've got the potential to go and dip yourself in there if you're, if you're feeling brave. It'll be a bit cold at the moment. Uh, but um, I think uh, you know, given the warm temperatures it wouldn't be too bad providing the river's not moving too quickly and again you wouldn't want to dive in it's a bit hard to tell what the depth is like alright I shall keep on going it's 7.05 on Sunday the 26th of August I'm just here in my tent on the uh, just off the trail I'm probably around about um, Seven, just a bit over seven kilometres out of out of um, uh, Donnelly River. Uh, I wasn't, I was never going to make it before dark anyway, uh, and I figured rather than trying to stay in in uh, Donnelly River tonight, I'm better to leave at normal time in the morning, get there probably around about nine ish, uh, have something to eat uh, and drink, do a bit of catch up on social media before heading off. Um, I'm just sort of sitting down, just doing some planning to see how I'm going. Um, certainly I'm on track for my planning um, I'm not likely to make up any additional days although I will have some shorter days because I'm doing some slightly longer times so uh, my original plan was to arrive in Collie on Saturday night um, but uh, given the day that I made up on the last section I'll now arrive on Friday night and that won't change one thing that will change is I'll get in 
should be around about um, just after lunch rather than later in the day. So it gives me a bit more flexibility. Um, today wasn't too bad. Sort of struggled a bit towards the afternoon. Just found that um, I'm running out of energy a bit. Uh, as, I, as I said earlier, I have good days and bad days. Some days I can just power along and doesn't particularly worry me. Other days um, it seems to take ages to get to where I'm going. Uh, so time-wise I know where I need to be. I'll average... I've got around about 142 kilometres left between now and Friday. Uh, and realistically, you know, that's four 30-kilometre 30, 30 days and a 22-kilometre a day is what it'll amount to, uh, on, on average anyway. Um, met a gentleman this afternoon who was heading south. Um, uh, he was on his way back to the last shelter, uh, which was Tom River, uh, or Tom Road, sorry. Um, and um, he was about four and a half kilometres from there, um, and I was about four and a half kilometres out when I met. So I've gone on probably about another four kilometres, and he would have arrived about the same time at the shelter. Um, tomorrow I'll go into Collie, have something to eat, have something to drink, do some social media, as I said, and then head on out to the next shelter, um, which is will give me a, a roughly around about 20 eight kilometers for the day in total uh, because I would have done I'm not quite sure exactly how many kilometers I've done today but I would have done over 30 kilometers so uh, I only needed to do to average around about 28 kilometers today and tomorrow so that'll give me a slightly shorter day for tomorrow um, <laughs> trying to find tent sites as I think as I said in one of the, the previous posts when you want a tent site that's perfect you can't find one when you're middle of the day when you don't need one they're everywhere so i just ended up i thought if i keep on going i was likely to end up in collie so i had to pick something that wasn't quite perfect a lot of mosquitoes outside bit of a slope um, but um, otherwise it's, it's reasonably good um, so um, i'm just about to go to bed and up for an early morning start good night Good morning. It's 9.30 on Monday the 27th of August. I'm here at Donnelly River at the General Store. Um, I've just uh, walked the 7.2 kilometres from my campsite last night um, through Donnelly River on my way to the next hut, which is uh, Gregory Brook from memory. And as I said, my memory of the names of these shelters is really bad. Um, stopped in here. I had a pie, which I believe everyone uh, tells you to do, and and they are very good pies. Uh, even given given that it was sort of um, you know ten to nine, I think when I got here, uh, it was good to have a bit of a break, sit in front of the fire, uh, charge my my watch up, uh, which was getting low, uh, and um, um, have a bit of a a, a kickback. Um, I ha must admit, I had expected to be able to get phone signal to do some social media in town, and apparently, there's a corner you need to stand on in front of, in front of a couple of particular huts, and you'll just get signal. So it's uh, um, not a not a particularly good area for picking up phone signal, which does surprise me. But this is a fairly small little community, fairly remote, um, very much a little tourist town. 
um, and uh, a lot of walkers tend to come through here. I was talking to the owner of the store and she was saying that a lot of people uh, drop off food boxes to pick up uh, and a lot of them have come through and picked them back up again saying the rain's just too heavy, they'll do it later on. Um, so um, one of the other things that surprised me about Donnelly River is the wildlife. You know, there's emus and kangaroos everywhere. Um, and the emus and kangaroos were hanging around the store this morning uh, expecting to be fed. And apparently, you know, you go inside and you can buy emu food and kangaroo food. Uh, so they're obviously used to people buying food for them. Uh, and now everyone's moved off. They've disappeared off deciding they're not going to get a feed just at the moment. Uh, but at one point we had one standing there staring inside the front door looking for someone to feed it. Um, <coughs> weather stopped raining. I was very lucky this morning. I um, got up. Um, it started to rain for about a minute. I thought, okay, here we go. It's going to dump down. It stopped. So by the time I got packed and put all my stuff away uh, and started walking it, it started raining not heavily but reasonably steadily um, and talking to the store owner apparently it's going to be reasonably heavy tomorrow um, thankfully i'm in a hut tonight uh, but i am tenting it tomorrow night so i've been fairly lucky with the weather over the last few days I had um, a few days of of fairly sunny clear weather i'm not not having to worry about wearing rain gear uh, or getting getting drenched um, so far though I've been pretty good I mean I've stayed pretty dry but you know when it's when it rains heavily you you just can't help but feel what even if you aren't okay I'm on to my next hut okay it's just on 4:30 here at Gregory Brook hut um, which is not too far outside Donnelly River uh, I was there earlier on today um, and Today's been a reasonably good sort of trip, not the longest of the days, in fact this is probably the shortest uh, time that I've uh, has actually taken me to get into camp. Got in just after 3 o'clock um, and could have potentially kept on going but I didn't want a second night in the tent uh, and also that was the idea of doing a longer day yesterday. Um, the trip itself was actually reasonably good, bit of rainfall here and there. Um, the the actual track varied a bit. Most of the first half was pretty good and then we changed into a different management area and the quality of the track and the maintenance track dropped off. So it went from being a wide, relatively clear track to a track which was a bit, bit narrow with a lot of debris. Um, and then it sort of opened back out again. So overall it hasn't been too bad. Uh, so early finish for today, uh, but that leaves me just on around about 115 kilometres to do by Friday. So basically in four days. So again, just a bit, a bit under an average of 30 kilometres a day. Uh, although tomorrow um, the next hut really is past belling up. Uh, so belling up was roughly 35 kilometres. So that's my aim for tomorrow is to try and get there. Uh, and again, a couple of 30 kilometer days on um, Wednesday and Thursday, and that'll leave me a, a short sort of roughly 20 kilometer day on Friday. Uh, lack of wildlife, I suppose, at the moment, but lots of birds around. Um, the odd kangaroo here and there, uh, but not much else. The, um, 
it was a bit cooler last night. Um, and again, the snakes just still haven't seen any as yet. Um, but I'm sure they'll be around. And as I head north and the weather warms up, uh, I'm still expecting to see them. And I'm still keeping my, an eye on the trail at the moment. When I left uh, Donnelly River this morning, um, I wasn't particularly pushing very hard, knowing that I didn't have an overly long day to go. In fact, it was under 30 kilometres today. Um, so, um, but I, I've gotten myself into a pace now I've, that I know what it takes to do the distances. Uh, and I've seemed to be sort of averaging around about that four, four to 4.2 kilometres per hour, which is reasonable for me. Uh, I can move faster, but today was one of those days where I just didn't feel like it. I just took lots of breaks. Um, uh, other days, I can just seem to motor on and move pretty quickly. Today wasn't one of them. Uh, towards the end of the afternoon, as I was um, probably about five or six k's out from the shelter, I came across Kyle. Um, and I've been chasing Kyle from Albany um, ever since I started this trick. Um, Kyle had been um, started a, a few weeks before I had, uh, and I was expecting to catch up to him at some point, uh, but I didn't know when. So I was been keeping an eye on the books uh, as I, as I'd been going to see where he was, and I knew I was getting closer and closer. But there was always the risk that he could have stayed in town, and uh, that I was staying in, and and we could have crossed over. Um, but otherwise not seeing a lot of northbound hikers, which Kyle is. Um, most of the uh, hikers that I have come across have been southbound. So I'll introduce Kyle and we'll ask Kyle a few questions to see how his trip's going. So how are you going, Kyle? Not bad. Okay, so how, when did you start the uh, your trip on the Bibbleman track? I started on the 15th of July. Um, and um, so you've been going about five weeks now. So you've been doing, uh, uh, going single hutting as they're calling it, going from hut to hut each night? Yeah, going one hut a night and then pretty much in every town just staying like at least two days. Yeah, two nights and then leave on the third day. All right, so how long do you think it's gonna take you to do the track all up? How many days are you looking at? <clears throat> um, well, it's kind of hard to judge from staying in the towns, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But, um, I reckon I've still got at least another month to go because pretty much just got over the halfway point now. All right. Pretty much. So you're not in any particular rush. You'll, you'll take take it as, as as it goes? Yeah, take it as it goes, pretty much. And, um, yeah, it'd be good to get it done, like, before the end of September anyway. But <laughs> All right. Uh, and I think one of the things I've noticed um, looking in the, uh, the, the, tr the, the shelter registers is most people seem to be taking around about that 50-day mark seems to be the average so it's um there's no right way or wrong way to do the trip as long as whatever you you've got the time and whatever's comfortable yeah as long as you're having fun i reckon all right so what's been the highlight of the trip so far for you um pretty much meeting all the people i've met along the way everyone i've met has been so nice everywhere i've stayed even in the towns just everyone i've met that's pretty much the highlight the walking's all fun and everything and great but the people i've met has been the most the biggest highlight in my opinion i think that's one of the things that most people tend not to think about people look at the say the environment or the trees or the wildflowers but as you say it's it's the people that, that it yeah. can can make a big difference on a trail positive as well experiences just from meeting everyone who's just like got the same kind of mindset and the same positive feelings that i have if you know what i mean all right 
So uh, what's been the, 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 the low light of the trip then? The beach sections. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much the beach sections and just um, the rain's bad and all that, but it's that's just what you're out here for. It's part of the adventure. But yeah, the beach, for me, that was just the bit I didn't like. I'm not really a beach guy and... Um, yeah, it just was brutal, and it was a pretty hard place to start, I think. I must admit, I um, I do enjoy the beach, and I do like the beach, but again, for me, it was, wasn't was particularly the highlight with the, the wind and the rain. It was just, and the hail. Um, and the hail, yeah. <laughs> it was just the head head down and just get it, get get through it as best you can. Pretty so. much. <laughs> so it was, you know, for me, it was the, the very last day where I had good weather, um, just as I was leaving the beach. Um, but And that was Mandalay Beach, as the, just as I was coming off that. Um, okay. Um, now, as far as um, equipment is going, what sort of what's the, what 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 do you think the weight of your pack is? I'm just gonna say thirty kilos, probably. Yep. Um, I reckon I started with maybe forty, possibly, which was a mistake. But um, now thirty kilos, I'm kind of used to it. It's actually like comfortable now. Like I probably could ditch a few things. Like probably get like a different size pot and. Um, yeah, and some proper camping equipment maybe, but um, but I'm happy with the equipment I got, if you know what I mean. And Kyle is also carrying a guitar as well, which is, you know, if, if that's what you want to do, that's fine, but it is extra weight, but he's yeah. he's willing to carry it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I didn't start with it, but I've got it now and I can't ditch it, so it's just the way it's going to have to be, I guess. <laughs> And I must admit, I mean, Kyle, Kyle went past me this afternoon and, you know, if, if I moved at that pace on, on, on the length of days I'm doing, I'd finish probably 10 days earlier than I planned. <laughs> so he, he may not have long days, but he, he moves pretty quickly when, he, when he's going. So, um, all right. Um, what's been the, the best piece of equipment you've bought with you that you couldn't have done without? It's a hard one. Um, I'd say maybe my gas stove. And maybe my phone, so I have like something to listen to at night because you want to hear something at night. Yep. And um, I don't know, probably my phone. All right. And and, and my um stove because I would you need a hot meal. Trust me, that's yeah. what you need. <laughs> no, I, I must admit I agree. I mean, yeah, even though it is possible to do uh, do hiking and camping without having hot food, just having that hot meal at the end of the day is really good. I started actually on my first week. I thought, who needs a gas stove? This is my mindset then. And um, yeah, and then couscous, cold soaking, because I looked all that up on the internet. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, and what's been the, the, the gear that has disappointed you, I suppose, or you could have done without? Um, maybe less clothes. I don't know, I took like maybe four shirts, five pairs of socks, but, I, but socks are pretty important, I reckon. Even though I wear the same ones every day, or pretty much. Yeah, I think that's it. I I bought two pairs of socks this time, and I was tossing up about bringing a third pair. In hindsight, third pair would have been really good, particularly with the pinner up planes. Yeah, it would have made a bit of a difference. Uh, and I think I think you get to a stage where you you start to smell, just regardless of what you're wearing. So you know whether you whether you've got a a clean pair of clothes that smells or a a couple of day old pair of clothes that smells. Yeah, uh, you, know, you you save yourself a bit of weight. So yeah, well I wear the same clothes to bed every night, no shower and just wear them anyway. So you smell no matter what. Yeah, pretty much when you can smell yourself other people can definitely smell you. Yeah, and I must admit, I, I, I can smell myself at the moment and I, I, know, I know I smell bad, so. Yeah. All right, um, so 
what would be your advice for people looking at doing this trail? Um, it's probably a little bit harder than you might think, but it's enjoyable, fun. Uh, yeah, just get out there, pretty much. All right. That's what I reckon. Um, I didn't really prepare. Like, I read everything on the foundation page, and I just kind of just thought in the end, I just got to get out there and just do it. And um, and then I just, yeah, now I'm here. And that's just how it's been. And it's been fun, and I've had a great positive experience. All right. So we've been talking to Kyle from Perth uh, on his Bebelman track experience, and he'll uh, he's one of the, the rare northbounders that I've come across. Uh, and there aren't, I can tell you there aren't too many of us. Uh, most people do tend to be heading southbound. All right. Well, thanks very much for that, Kyle. Much appreciated. Yep. No, thank you. Okay. It's Tuesday the 28th of August. I'm here in Ballinup at the Post House, uh, which is the Post Office, which has also got accommodation behind it as well. Today was a funny sort of day. Um, woke up and um, it was raining really between about 12 o'clock and probably up until about 15, 20 minutes before I left quite heavily. And I thought, ah, oh, this is going to be a pretty wet day. And just before I left, it sort of stopped, but I uh, it looked a bit threatening, so I had my wet weather gear on, and within half an hour, the sky had cleared, and it was it looked like it was going to be a really nice day. So I actually made the mistake of taking all my wet weather gear off, um, and almost got as wet as I've been on this trip so far, because every tree, every bush, every bit of greenery had water on it, and as I brushed past, I collected it all. Um, by later in the day it looked like the rain was going to come back in again so the wet weather gear went back on. Um, the section that I'm going through and doing at the moment it was it was interesting. Um, I entered this section yesterday and I can't remember the name of it but um, there was I passed a sign saying you're now entering such and such a uh, an area and it was almost like a uh, um, a sign that was saying we stop doing maintenance here because I'd come off the previous section, it was really wide, really clear, a few trees were down, but it was just, just an easy trail. And I had almost like this, this section of area, or this area hadn't been maintained in quite a while. Um, didn't last too long um, uh, and improved after that, but again, it was it's not as well maintained as uh, the previous area was coming out of, um, out of Pemberton for quite a while. Um, I got to Gregory Brook, um, uh, sorry, I got, uh, I was staying at Gregory Brook, I got to um, the next shelter up on top of the hill uh, and it was blowing a gale. Um, uh, it was spectacular views, all the trees have been cleared around it, you can sort of see right across the valley. Um, you know, if you had slept there, waking up in the morning, you'd have spectacular views. Um, but as I said, it was blowing a gale, it was raining, there was mist in the distance, so the views weren't as good as they could have been. Um, and I was having lunch inside the shelter and you really needed to be right up into the bed area to get out of the wind. Uh, had the winds been coming from a different way, it could have been blowing straight into the shelter and there's just nothing you could have got done to get out of it. And this is the problem with the older style shelters, 
with the new L-shaped L-shaped shelters, at least there's a a side that that is more protected from the wind conditions. Um, kept on going. So I got sorry, I got to the shelter around about um, just before midday. So I kept on going into Ballinup, and I got to Ballinup at around about um, four thirty. So a reasonably good sort of day overall. Hadn't planned on staying in Ballinup, but again, that extra distance I picked up in the first day meant that it was a bit easier to get here. And I'm, I was looking forward to a warm bed, a hot shower, and a pub meal of some sort, uh, only to discover that Ballinup had just had a medieval festival over the weekend, and everything was closed. So six o'clock on the dot. Or in fact, even 5.30, everything had, when we went out to go to dinner, everything is shut. The pub was shut, but it opens uh, tomorrow. Uh, uh, All the other little cafes and restaurants were all closed. I'm guessing they all got eaten out of food and hadn't restocked yet. So it was back to camping food tonight, Uh, just boiling water on the stove and having camping food here at the, uh, the accommodation. Um... So there was a thing that I hadn't realised, and again, I was just—I just take it as it comes. Um, yesterday, or sorry, um, before I got to this shelter, there was a um, a thing called Heartbreak Hill, uh, and this was just a—you come out of a series of farms, and you just go straight, almost straight up. Um, you know, there's a series of steps, sort of very steep paths, and going up was difficult. Uh, and given that it was raining quite heavily. I, I must admit I would have pref- I do preferred going up because going down would have been quite slippery. Um, the other thing with going through the farms after I'd come out of the uh, the dam area uh, and walked along Management Road and then ended up walking along the river through a series of farms and there was a lot of low lying uh, areas and given the rain that we'd had I was walking through a couple of puddles again and just couldn't avoid getting wet feet. Uh, I was almost tossing up whether to put new socks on for today, and I'm glad I didn't. So now here at Ballinup at the post house, I'm dry. I've drying all my clothes. I'm uh, well fed, playing a bit of catch up on social media, uh, and getting ready for a good night's sleep. Talk to you later. It's. Um, Wednesday morning, um, the 29th, um, just getting myself packed and ready to go for another day. A uh, few hikers turned up last night. There was one who's just doing a section um, from um, uh, basically Pemberton through to um, uh, uh, Collie, uh, and another one who's um, another family actually, uh, mum and dad and two kids, and the kids look like around about sort of about seven and nine years old, roughly of age. And the kids are doing really well. They've apparently been hiking for quite a lot of, uh, um, as, as long as they can remember. And they're doing sort of 20, 23 kilometre days and they're doing really well with it, which is uh, which is pretty good. I think mum and dad have have made hiking and, and walking part of their, their normal routine and they just seem to be doing well with it. It was quite funny actually listening to them yesterday. Mum was saying that they were dragging their feet a bit and she said look you know if you get here if you pick up the pace a bit you get to choose what type of chips you want uh, and apparently that was the incentive needed to for them to really pick up the pace um, so as much as they they complain about i'm tired I'm, I'm, i can't do this 
she was saying that when they stop for a break, they just run around. So uh, it's, it's all a matter of perception, I suppose. Um, so everyone's just now getting ready uh, to uh, head off or getting packing up and heading off. Uh, it's supposed to be another very wet day into another very wet night as well. So I'm thinking it's clearing. I think believe the weather's saying it's clearing from here on in, but just yesterday and today is just going to be one of those miserable sort of periods you can't do much about. Yesterday when I was walking down from um, the, the hut, um, I, uh, in fact Blackwood Hut was what it was, um, Blackwood Hut, I, uh, a guy pulled over and said, oh look it's raining, do you want a lift? I said, no, no, it's, it's fine. Uh, and I think it's, it's interesting. Um, I'll talk about um, in the next podcast perceptions, uh, but it's interesting people's perceptions about what you're doing and why and when the stopping point is. So I want to give a bit of time to this, so I'll do this in the next podcast. Talk to you later. Good morning. It's Thursday the 30th of August. I'm here at Nogarup Shelter um, and I'm having a bit of a sleep in this morning. I didn't get much of a chance to do any, any uh, recording yesterday. I left Ballinup uh, just on 7.30 uh, and got into Nogarup um, around about um, 11 hours later, so 44 kilometres, which is the biggest day of my trip so far. I just decided I'd gotten to the, um, the previous uh, shelter at 1.30, uh, or in fact earlier than that, I actually left the previous shelter at 1.30 um, and thought, well, may as well just keep on going. I was in a, in a, a good mood, uh, feeling, feeling fit and fine, um, so I decided to push through. Um, and one of the reasons for that is originally I was going to be planning on staying on the uh, tonight at Nogarab Hut, um, but that would have left me around about a 35, 36 kilometre walk into Collie tomorrow, uh, and I preferred to have a get into Collie fairly early. So I've got a short day today, uh, 20 kilometres uh, to Yabarab Hut, uh, and then I've got a uh, and then another short day tomorrow into Collie, which should get me there around about lunchtime. Um, yesterday, as I said, I didn't get much of a chance to talk, partly because of the distance I was doing, but also because of the weather. Uh, the forecast came true, I suppose. It wasn't as bad as, it wasn't as heavy as the day before, but it was pretty consistently raining for just about most of the day, with the exception of probably about an hour or so in the afternoon. Um, it was, um, it was one of those sort of things that, um, I, as I said, I, just felt like the hour. I thought it was, it's raining. I might as well just keep on going, uh, and and I was fine with that. So I was walking for probably around about um, forty-five minutes with a head torch uh, towards the end of it, coming into this uh, this shelter. Um, it was interesting walking yesterday. Uh, there'd been a lot of, I think, by the look of it, burn-offs rather than bushfires. So I was walking through a lot of areas where. Pretty much all that was standing were trees and grass trees, and that was about it. Um, and in some stages, it was like, where's the trail? It was really difficult because you know, you're walking away between uh, trees with black trunks, and it was very hard to tell. Uh, the only giveaway, I suppose, was there seemed to be a, a wear mark, and a lot of the leaves were collecting in that area. 
Uh, and then you'd see the signs which would say, yes, you're going in the right area as well. I, For part of yesterday, I was following <laughs> a, a trail of apple, of oranges, sorry. Uh, someone who obviously had a bag of oranges they were eating. I think I counted about four or five that people had just been throwing the peel on the trail. Um, I know it's organic matter, but you know, ideally it's, it's organic matter that probably shouldn't be there. Um, uh, I wasn't about to stop and pick it up because, as I said, there was so much of it. I would have been would have been doing it all day. It was just this trail of orange peel. Uh, the last hut, um, which was Grimwade, um, was um, one of those huts where it had the, the bunk beds with the table in between the bunk beds, whereas at Nogger up here, it's a solid platform with a table in front of it, so it's a slightly newer shelter. Grimwade was a reasonable sort of hut, uh, nothing wrong with it, nothing spectacular, it's just, yeah, it is what it is. The same with Nogger Up as well. I think um, the sun's trying to come out. Uh, it's just sort of going, gotten over the, the range that's sitting in front of me. Um, and there is a bit of light here, so it's not too bad. Um, but again, it's a lot of these sort of shelters, it's it's a personal thing I know, but it just doesn't, doesn't do anything for me, doesn't excite me. As I said, so far... Well and above board is my, my favourite is dog pool. It just felt really right. Um, uh, and there are a few other shelters as well that I'll, I'll talk about in the write-up when I finish this trip about how I thought they, they felt. And, and it is definitely a personal thing. You know, it's, it's my, another person might say, look, I don't like this shelter, I prefer that one. Um, but you know, if you're going to wake up and, uh, or feel comfortable in an area, uh, you know, some shelters just stand out head and shoulders above the rest. Got into um, uh, Nogger Up last night and there was somebody else here and it turned out to be uh, a guy called Pack Animal. Uh, and Pack Animal is well known uh, uh, on the trail who he, he pretty much lives on the trail. And just talking to him, he was saying that um, he, uh, uh, you know, he was doing collie to um, Ballin Up. He'll, get, he'll go and do something else for a week or so, then we'll be back out on the trail again. And he was saying he's probably done about 30 end-to-ends on this trail. Um, so obviously likes it, obviously likes being out on the trail, obviously likes being in the bush. Has very fixed opinions on things. Uh, I would have been quite happy to interview him for the podcast, but he uh, unsolicited got stuck into social media and, and the, the impact of social media on the trail and what it's doing to, to make the trail worse than it is. And I thought, now is probably not the time to say, hey, I'm doing social media and would you like me like for me to interview you? But an interesting character. Uh, interesting. Uh, it was interesting to hear him talking about the track and the history of it as far as from, from his personal experience and how it's changed over the years. Um, and... Um, it was interesting to see hear, hear his views on on a number of different matters, so that was good. Um, I don't know whether I'll see anybody um, in um, uh, the next hut. Um, a lot of people seem to start walking from Collie and going through Pemberton for whatever reason, uh, and I I like the section. Don't get me wrong. Uh, everybody seems to want to do the Collie to um, Pemberton um, uh, section as if, if they're just doing a section and only have time to do a certain area. I, um, my plan today, 
all things being given equal, is to have lunch at the Mumble Up Tavern. Uh, but I've been told that opens at 12 o'clock. I'll start walking probably around about 9, which for me is probably the latest start I've, I've had since the first day. And um, I... Um, uh, if I don't, if I if I miss it, that's fine. I'll just keep on going. I'm not going to hang around just to just to have lunch at the at the tavern. Um, but um, that certainly was on the list of things to do. I've got plenty of food, so quite happy just to keep on going. Get into the shelter. Probably by the time I leave here, I'll probably get into the shelter about two thirty three this afternoon. Um, and um, uh, uh, get settled in and. Just have a cruisy sort of afternoon before another short day tomorrow. Um, one of the things that was a bit annoying yesterday was because of all the rain we've had over the last couple of days, um, there was a lot of low-level puddles and a lot of low-level streams that had formed. So on a couple of occasions, I had no choice but to walk through puddles that were about ankle deep getting very wet feet uh, and given the distances I was doing yesterday I had to stop at the at Grimwade and um, retape my feet and I'll do the same again this morning um, my socks are still reasonably wet they didn't do didn't dry much overnight so I'm going to um, break out the new pair of socks this was a, a toss-up at the start of this trip whether I take three pairs of socks or not and usually two does me quite well uh, hindsight's really lovely. Uh, I would have definitely taken three pairs of socks given the amount of water on the trail now. If I had started the trip in another month or so, I think two pairs would have been fine. But you know, with the amount of water, with the uh, the Pinnerup Plains and just the puddles I'm coming across, um, it's just yeah, three pairs would have been really nice just to change them over, and that would have definitely allowed the the third pair, a cup, third pair, a couple of days to dry in between. So, as I said, short day today, short day tomorrow, uh, and then a rest day in Collier. So I'll end up having um, tomorrow afternoon and Saturday in Collie before heading off um, towards dwelling up the next day on the next section. This next section that I'm going to be doing is, uh, is one of my shorter sections. It's only around about 150-odd kilometres. Uh, and then that leads me from dwelling up through to Kalamunda, which is around about 211 kilometres. Um, so my final two sections to finish off the track. All things going well so far. Happy, cheery. I've lost probably around about um, 10 centimetres off my waist, which I wanted to do anyway. Um, but I'm still losing weight and I'm still tightening my belt. Um, so I've still got a bit of, bit of tightening left to go, which was not bad. Um, but again, another, I'll see how I go in another couple of weeks. I'm not eating as much as I probably should be. Uh, so I'll just have to make up for that in the towns. Talk to you later. Right, I'm here just outside of um, Mumbler, um, just on the side of the trail having lunch and I've come across another hiker, uh, Nelson from Perth, he's 23, he's doing the track southbound and he was uh, having lunch just not sitting on a log so I thought timing was good so I've been having, having a chat while we've been having lunch with Nelson um, and um, he's kindly agreed to um, have a bit of a chat to us about his trip so uh, welcome to the podcast Nelson. Cheers for having us Tim. Okay, so you, um, you, when did you start your trip? 
I started my trip on the 13th of August. Okay. Um, and you're planning on finishing when? Um, no idea at this point. Yeah, I've um, got nothing tying me down at home. So, oh. <laughs> and just yeah, nothing's tying me down at home. So, um, just um, pretty free and easy at this point. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, and um, have you found the trip so far? Yeah, it's been great. Been um, very very fortunate uh, weather-wise. Had a somewhat of a golden run until yesterday <laughs> which was like literally my first rainy wet day so yeah it's been very good yeah oh, that's right you've, you've been lucky in that case i've had I've, I've had a reasonable mix but i probably had more rain than sun so yeah, yeah. i think you've done well right. that's actually a good one yeah all right so nelson what's uh, what was the the low point of the trip for you i'd say the low point um physically it was um uh, out of the Tukaneli hut um, and there were these across the Murray River and there were these big divots from car, like four drives and it had been raining I guess a, w- a week or so ago so they were very full and I came across the first of the puddles and I there was an island going halfway through the puddle and then either side um, you could walk through and I was I don't know why I didn't take my time and I went to um go through the middle and then hop over to the side and it was just incredibly slippery and so I just slipped out before I knew it both my both my feet absolutely drenched in the waterproof boots so they weren't drying anytime soon half my side covered in mud and just um uh luckily my pack didn't get that wet though so that was that was the main thing really and I didn't injure myself by that and it was a lovely day so it was all right so I just um yeah but then it actually turned in to probably it was for the better, like absolutely, because I ended up drying off my, my um, well, wiping my, the mud off me and um, wringing my socks out and getting my boots off, and I ended up tying to the to my pack and then just walked barefoot the next uh, the whole day and basically the next four days, and okay. and with thongs also, but it was actually brilliant, like um, just my feet able to breathe and just um yeah, yeah. it's actually great and just being able to feel the um felt very much more kind of connected with what was going on like part of because i could feel the changing temperatures and textures under my feet yeah yeah things like that and it's actually yeah okay that's good okay so in relation to say gear you're carrying uh yeah. has there been anything that um you should have brought that you didn't uh shelter okay. yeah but I um, has a very conscious decision not to bring one, um, just uh, weight-wise. But um, in hindsight, I think I probably would have been better off just because I'm doing it. I'm tr- planning to spend as little as possible, so the flexibility of being able to walk in or out of a town, and if I have to, potentially camp off the track or yeah, yeah. Um, and what about what's the what's the the thing you've brought with you that you you're, you're most glad that you've got? Um, I mean, it's all it's all quite essential. Um, That's right. I mean, it's going to say uh, sometimes there's something that really stands out, and other times yeah. there's not. So I mean, I'm definitely glad I brought um, my hiking poles. That's a that's yeah. a big one. Just um, in terms of just um, that peace of mind, you've got that extra stability, like especially when you're by yourself, and 
the chance of rolling an ankle or falling over is that much less. So that's I must admit, for me, I uh, going down hills really really hurts my knees. So oh, yeah. that's why I tend to use the hiking poles more. But that, you know, you know, certainly for me, I I always tend to hike with them. Don't always mm. use them, but I always mm. tend to hike with them. Yeah, that's it. Just have them there. So when you when you're ready to go. And all right, and um, what what final thing would you say with pe- for people looking at doing the trip in the future? Just get on it, I guess. Yep. Yeah, just get amongst it. Yeah, that's what it took me to kind of make that leap. And once I'm on, it's just you. Once you experience it, yeah, you just no going back. I guess. Yeah. All right, so we've been talking to Nelson from Perth, um, and as I said, he's he's going southbound, and it's one of the few rare southbounders that I that I'm coming across. Coming across a lot of people who are doing sections, but uh, not that many people so far uh, that are coming from Kalamunda. And I believe that there's a number of people starting in the next few days, beginning of September. So I'll be seeing them over the next few weeks. Okay, so thanks very much, that Nelson. Much appreciated. Yeah, thank you. It's 10 to 6 on Thursday the 30th, and I'm here at Yabberup campsite. There's myself and another camper who's um, or hiker who's heading the other direction. Uh, I've just had dinner, uh, pretty much uh, just waiting for it to get dark, and it's almost bedtime. This is one of the older huts in the area. Um, it's really two double bunks, uh, and the bunks are a bit smaller than I've seen before with the slope fronts. Uh, and it's actually quite a, a nice little camp, actually. It's just, just has, has a good feel about it. Um, it's a you know, You're not going to fe- sleep a lot of people in there, uh, but it's actually quite a nice little, uh, little location. Um, after leaving lunch and talking to Nelson, um, uh, pretty uneventful sort of afternoon. It actually stayed clear the entire day. So with the exception of about... Um, 20 seconds where there was probably four spots of rain. Uh, it was a pretty clear sort of day overall, so it was nice to have the the, the sun back again. Um, I think it's supposed to be reasonably clear over the next couple of days, uh, so I've only got a short run into Collie tomorrow. Uh, I believe it's somewhere around about the 16, 17 kilometre mark, so it's not going to take me long. So I'll leave here probably sort of 7.30, um, get into uh, get into Collie probably around about 11 o'clock, uh, depending on how, how dawdly I want to be. Um, the forest through this area is actually not too bad. Uh, it's certainly, we, you know, we've gone past the big Cowrie and, and the big, um, uh, uh, big Jarrah forests, and this is a much smaller sort of forest. Trees here probably really only are about sort of 10 to 12 metres, maybe 15 metres in height. Um, and there's been a lot of burning off in the last few years, so there's not a huge amount of undergrowth in most of the areas. But it's, it's got a nice feel about it. Um, path's reasonably easy to find. Um, and I'm starting to pick up a few more of the smaller wildflowers, the orchids and things like that, which have been present over the last week or so, but they're, they're present in bigger numbers here. Um, looks like it's going to be in for a coolish sort of night. Uh, having said that, um, I talked to my wife a little while ago and they had minus 6.2 in Canberra, feels like minus 9.8. Um, so it's all relative. Uh, but certainly um, last night was a, a bit cool because there was a bit of dampness in the air for the location, whereas uh, this location here is fairly dry. There's no creek uh, next to or nearby the, uh, the, uh, the, the campsite, which it has been for the last, last ones in this section since Pemberton, really. 
Um, so looking forward to a relatively quick uh, and uneventful walk-in uh, to Collie tomorrow, although I understand there is one area there that there are some very deep ruts in the road with some fairly deep water in them. Uh, and talking to, uh, uh, listening to Neil, uh, sorry, listening to Nelson earlier today, he did actually fall in them. So um, I'll keep be keeping an eye out on that. I'd prefer to stay dry if I can help it. Talk to you later. Good morning. It's Tim from Australian Hiker. It's Friday the 31st of August. I'm here at um, Yabarup uh, Shelter, uh, where I've just gone through and spent the night. Uh, another night sharing a, uh, a shelter with somebody, uh, and again, someone who is doing a section of the uh, uh, the trail just to finish off their, uh, their end-to-end. Um, nice little shelter actually. Um, I think as I said yesterday, it was uh, it was it slept well, it felt comfortable, just had a good feel about it. So, and again, it's just a nice environment. So I'm sitting here at the moment. There is a light cloud cover, but there's um, blue sky behind it. Uh, the forecast isn't for uh, isn't for likely rain today, although it's, it's a possibility. So I haven't worried too much about the the pack cover or anything else. Uh, I've just got my rain jacket on, uh, just because it's a bit cool at the moment. Um, heading off to Collie today uh, for uh, a rest day. In fact, I should get into Collie realistically it's only about 16 and a half kilometers so um, uh, it's only going to take me four hours to get in there so I should get in around about midday uh, which means I should be able to go straight to my accommodation uh, check in um, uh, and start doing a bit of washing a bit of catching up um, and um, uh, go from there um, looking forward to the day today again I, I don't know what it is i just prefer the forest when it's at this sort of height the that 15 sort of meter height uh you sort of feel a bit more on a human scale um but i'll see what what today brings um tom who was staying with last night he was 70 years old as i said he's done uh the track a couple of times before and he's just going through and and doing it again um there seems to be a lot of people um, who have retired, who are doing the track multiple times. And they don't necessarily do it on all in one go, although some of them do. Um, sometimes they'll just do sections and, and just keep on doing sections and just repeating the track. So they obviously like what they're doing out here. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was saying it's a reasonably easy run into Collie this morning. So um, uh, looking forward to just a, a, a sauntering sort of day. Um, when you when you when you've only got a short day, in fact, this will be the second shortest day of my trip so far. Now it's just over 16 kilometres, so it should be a pretty relaxing sort of day. Okay, talk to you later. I'm here in Collie at the, my hotel. Uh, arrived um, probably just after one o'clock today, and uh, after I checked in, I'd just gone down into town pick up some gas uh, to, to last me through now until the end of the trip and um, have some lunch and just to buy some food for the next couple of days. Um, while I enjoy staying in a hotel, uh, having a bit of privacy, having a bit of luxury, uh, I didn't necessarily want to go. I have to go walk into town and buy lunch or, or get lunch at the hotel. Um, 
couple of things that threw me today. I was expecting a fairly short sort of trip um, of around about 16 kilometres, and it ended up being close on 22, 23 kilometres uh, because the, um, the 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 distance that I was actually measuring was to the um, uh, the turn-off point into Collie rather than where I ended up. So I was expecting to turn up at my motel sort of about 12.15 and instead it was almost almost about an hour later. Um, it was one of those sort of days I'm thinking, aren't I there yet? I'm sure I've done the kilometres I was supposed to. Uh, Collie itself is not on the track like most of the other towns. So with uh, yeah, every other town I've come through, the uh, the track actually passes through the town or on the edge of town and you just have a short diversion in to actually uh, get where you're going. And in this case, Collie's actually separate, so I've got to go back out the way I came, join up with the track and then continue on. Uh, and given that I've got a, I'm double, ha- double hutting it on, uh, uh, when I leave here on, um, on uh, Sunday morning, um, it'll make for a big day for me. Um, one of the things that surprises me, and again, I'm just not quite sure why, I um, has been the the use of the very large gas cylinders uh, for for stoves. And I've seen people carrying the the 230 gram and even the much bigger size ones. Um, I typically tend to use 100 gram cylinders. Uh, and they'll last me for my usage for about 12 days. Uh, and I was looking at getting one just to last me through until the end of the trip, which would have done quite nicely. Uh, and the store I went into said, we normally carry them, however, we're out of stock and waiting for them to come through. So I ended up having to buy a larger cylinder than I was I was expecting. So definitely have enough gaffs to last me until the, uh, the end of the trip. Um, but it's, I'm just carrying extra weight for, for no real need. Um, it's pretty rare for me to see people using little cylinders, the little 100 gram cylinders on the trail. Um, although the camping store was actually saying that they had someone else in also today after one of the little cylinders as well. So I'm not quite sure what's going on through there. As I said, really for me, I just have two hot drinks and I'm rehydrating a meal once a day. Uh, and as I said, 12 days out of a little 100 gram cylinder is fine. Whereas a lot of other people are saying that they're using the the two thirty odd gram cylinders and getting five days out of them, so I'm not quite sure what's going on there as far as gas usage. Um, Collie itself is a um, uh, probably what you class as the main regional town. Uh, it's got a Woolworths, it's got a Coles, it's got a McDonald's. I almost decided to go to McDonald's for lunch today, but it was like, uh, it's another 100 metres down the road. Uh, and I just really felt like a break without having to walk that extra distance. Um, so I've been sitting in my hotel room this afternoon, having now done my washing. Uh, and my clothes were pretty dirty. Um, and I, in fact, I actually washed my shoes as well. Uh, they still had that slight cow manure smell, which I picked up just after leaving Northcliffe. Um, probably around about or a bit, a bit over a week ago, so they're they're while they're not smelling rosy, they're smelling a lot better than they did. I also discovered today that I had a slight infection in my rear heel, um, and 
it had pretty much cleared it so it had been and gone i think so it had um after i removed the dead skin i found a small hole in there which had cleaned and was on the heel uh, was it was it was healing healing up and um uh, which would explain i thought it was just a blister uh, but again i'm sure walking through muddy muddy road that was covered in cow meal wouldn't have helped that um my feet have gone through to the stage now where they've had a chance to dry out and this is the, probably the biggest thing for me with these rest days is my feet dry out i can get rid of all the excess bits of skin that's coming off them um so not particularly pleasant but it's sort of um it allows my feet to feel much better and, ha- and, that, and then having that break makes a big difference um enjoy having fresh fruit and veggies when i come into town um so again i try to eat reasonably healthy although lunch you couldn't class as that from just one of the, the takeaway restaurants but um you know certainly i've got things like carrots and mandarins and and other other fruit as well just to sort of give me a bit of greens okay uh i've played I'm, I'm just about there on my social media catch up i've still got a couple of days left to write up uh and the podcast which i'll do um uh tomorrow and get it up on the up online on saturday um, i've also got to look at what i'm doing over the next uh next run through to dwelling up which is my next stop uh fairly short run of around about four days um but uh i'll see how i go i may decide to do it in three i may decide to do it in four i'll see what happens um this run that i've just completed into collie was the longest week of my whole trip of around about 250 kilometers approximately uh, next week around about 110 120 kilometers and the week after about 210 to take me into Kalamunda. So certainly I won't have as big a weeks uh, as I've had this week. And it, it was physically a draining sort of week, you know, particularly when it's raining quite a lot. Um, leaving here on Collie on uh, the next few days, uh, again, I've got a fairly light pack in comparison to my other weeks, only having sort of, sort of half the amount of food that I'd normally have. Okay, time for bed, time for rest, and back to the podcast in the morning. Now, a couple of last things but I want to talk about just before I finish off this week. Um, you would have heard over um, podcast last week and also some of my posts that I have actually been camping outside away from the campsites. Now, certainly there's, from, from memory, there's 49 shelters on the Bibbleman track, uh, and that gives you plenty of opportunity to go through and stop, in a lot of cases, pretty much wherever you want. But as you get towards the middle of the track, the shelters really are around about uh, 20 kilometers apart, uh, which means if you're going to do what they class as double hutting, it means that you're going to be doing 40 kilometer days. And sometimes that just doesn't tend to work well. You know, sometimes I don't want to do 40 kilometers, or sometimes I, um, I just really decide that, okay, I want to average my days out and try and do um, a more even day rather than big days than short days. Now, if you go through and look on the, um, the set of maps from the Bibbleman track, 
they provide some advice, and this will really depend on each of the, uh, the maps themselves. It's not the same for everyone. Um, but certainly, um, I've got a map here from the Collie section. Now, the Collie section talks about campsites. Um, and they, they, the text they've gone through and put here is, sites are provided at a comfortable day's walk apart. You're requested to use the designated sites. The whole length of the track on map 3A, which is in the Collier region, is a drinking water catchment. And free camping, which means camping and tents, is therefore not permitted. So certainly over this next section, as I leave Collie, I won't actually be camping. Uh, I will be staying in the, in the, uh, the shelters uh, themselves. Certainly that's also the plan for the section from Dwelling Up through to um, Pemberton. Oh, sorry, from Dwelling Up through to Kalamunda. Um, because um, I'm, um, there's enough huts there that I can actually go through and do the days and spread them out quite easily. Now, if I go through and look at another map, and in this case here, we're looking at the Pemberton map, the text is actually different. Uh, so in this case here, uh, the text is actually says campsites, it talks about. Sites are provided at a comfortable day's walk apart. You're requested to use these designated sites, thereby minimizing your impact on the environment. But it doesn't say that camping is prohibited. Now, I know coming across a number of people on the track so far that a number of them are camping in between sites. Um, and it really is a matter of checking the maps to see whether camping is prohibited or not to make sure that if you are doing it, uh, that you're doing it in a responsible manner and not damaging the environment, not damaging the track in the process, and wherever possible, going through and using the actual shelters themselves. Sometimes you might just get caught short. Something happens, the weather happens, you get injured, and you've got no other choice. Now, you know, now what, do you, what do you do when you're in the middle of nowhere and you, you aren't near a campsite? Um, and I know people have been caught in that situation where they've had an injury or something's happened and they've just got no other choice but to just, just tent it uh, just until the, whatever's going on is, is rectified itself. So have a look at each of the maps in the section. Make sure you are actually allowed to go through and camp. Um, and again, as I said, it's not always the case. Um, in the areas where I have camped, I've made sure that camping was actually uh, allowed. Um, but as I said, in this next section from Collie through Dwelling Up, camping is not allowed, so I'll be, be hutting it or, or campsiting it for virtually from here to Perth. Okay, now the other thing um, I just wanted to sort of pass on as well is uh, over the last couple of weeks we've tried to look at a few different things. So last, week's, we, last few weeks we looked at the shelters and what they are about. This week we've talked about what I typically do on a day and how I think about planning my day. Next week uh, episode, we're actually going to be going through and looking at the track itself and talking about the track as I've gone through and done it. In this case, it'll be from Albany through to Dwelling Up about what the track looks like. You would have heard some of that in the podcast, but I'll talk specifically about what sort of infrastructure that's physically on the track itself away from the campsites. Uh, and what the, the, the actual track itself looks like, uh, just to give you a bit more specific. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. 
Uh, and next week's episode, because the section is only a, a relatively short section, um, should be pu- up and published by next Thursday or Friday at the latest. Uh, and that will be on the section from uh, Collie through to Dwelling Up. As always, this episode is available to be listened to through our website at Australian Hiker, through SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio and iTunes. And if you have the opportunity, please go through and give us a five-star rating on iTunes to help get the message out there. That's all for me. Bye for now.